The Providence College Friars. Top for the crossover. The, the Big East. The rest of the college hoops world. Setting the screen. Dunn twisting his way in. This is the Providence Crier Podcast. With your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence crier himself, Mike Surratt. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Providence Crier podcast. I'm your host, Mike Surratt, the Providence crier. Follow me on Twitter. That's at Providence Crier. With me is the co-host BOC. Follow him on Twitter at BOC all day. Read our blog as well, theprovincecrier.com. Um, today is Monday, December 6th. And BOC, the battle for the ocean state, lived up to the billing, at least if you're a Friar fan. Uh, what'd you think of the get? I think... You know, it's great to get a win at home and it's great to get a win at home when you have uh, a crazy crowd environment like it seemed, at least on TV. Um, it's always tough when you get a big crowd and then you uh, have a deflating deflating performance and it is the exact opposite of that. And that leads to more and more fans continuing to show up, which, you know, this first year back with fans, the dunk is going to be a huge home court advantage. I think yesterday showed it. it seemed crazy. What were your thoughts on uh, the fans and everything? Oh, it was awesome. So PC gets the win. Um, you don't, don't know by now. 66-52 over URI. Proved to 8-1 and one on the year. Rams dropped to 5-3. and three. Um, Yeah, it, it was an awesome atmosphere all in all. Like, one, the PC students got there 90 minutes early for this one I saw on Twitter. That was awesome. Um I, I got a lot of things to talk about, actually, in terms of the atmosphere. I touched up on it a little bit um, in our post-game recap on theprovincecrier.com. Uh, but awesome atmosphere. The anthem was sung by Billy Gilman of The Voice. Dude, best anthem I've ever heard at the dunk, by far. He crushed really? it. Oh, yeah. And the fans had all, had these, like, bracelets going on. Um where they would like sync up with the lights. So with the anthem, it was pretty cool. It was like flashing red, white, and blue throughout the arena. Uh, the EDM halftime show. Uh, that looked, that looked awesome. Yeah. That looked awesome. It was, it was absurd. It was the wackiest thing I've seen uh, as a PC fan for halftime. So yeah, basically what happened was um, they had it was the PC logo with like this vortex of Christmas colors going on in the big screen while like EDM version of Siberian orchestra starts blaring through the speakers and everyone's wrists are just lighting up red and green. It was like, it was a wacky thing to see. Uh, but at the same time, it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, you could just feel the, the atmosphere throughout the whole city, really. I got there. Um, I, I got there a little bit early. I got there at like eleven thirty, 
And I decided to make a pit stop BOC. I went to Union Station Brewery to get me one of these sweet cans. Uh, I'm, as so, I'm, I'm, so I'm so jealous of those. Those look awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's see how they, they taste. Let's do a beer testing right now. But uh, if you don't know about this, it's the Big Trouble and Little Roadie uh, Kolsch made by Union Station Brewery in downtown Providence. Uh, the can is awesome. I've tweeted about it before. It's got this, you know, old looking ram and this old looking fryer going head to head. Uh, it can sweet. Let's see how it tastes. Ooh, did not expect that to happen, but spill a little bit on my computer. Uh, but uh, that that crack right there, BSC, that's the sound of success. And that's we a, have a that's successful a basketball team right now. That's a victory crack if I've ever heard one. Sure is. Give us your thoughts. That's uh, that's a big that's a big chug. Pretty good. Pretty good. I like it. That by the way, brilliant idea by what was it? Union Station Brewery, you said. Yeah, yeah, it really was. Brilliant, brilliant um, idea. Brilliant idea. I mean, it didn't get me to go there for the pregame, but it got me to stop there before I was pregaming for the game. But um, would you have would you have gone there otherwise? No. So it's no it's exactly. And they were selling them like hotcakes. Like this guy came in with me. And bought four four packs, uh, and like they, they were like pulling more from the basement. So I mean, I don't know if they're they're still in stock, but definitely give those you know check those out if you live around Providence. Definitely pick them up. Free shout out for Union Station Brewery, courtesy of the Crier. You know we like to support local business, right, BOC? Yes, we do. We're big in local business. <laughs> and then one more point about the atmosphere at the game. Um, I'll say is the crowd was great. It was loud, but the game production today was, or yesterday was, was lacking uh, as we record here on a Sunday. Uh, the production at the dunk was kind of a, sh a shit show. Uh, I, like I hate to be mean, but it was, uh, did you what hear this? What happened? Did you hear the screeching microphone out of a timeout? On no, the broadcast? No, no. Oh my God. There was like a, a screeching microphone and the whole crowd's like, ah, like my ears, <laughs> like during play. I was like, oh God, this is so province. Uh, <laughs> so that happened. There was a moment where the dance team came out and they're all posed, like, you know how they all pose before they yeah. start doing their, their dance, waiting for their song to come on. It never comes on. So <laughs> they're just sitting there, like in their pose. And finally, it just got to the point they just switched over to Grigsby and he started talking. So they, they all got up and started waving to the crowd. Thank you for our performance. So there was that. And then the funniest thing ever happened. It, it sounded like a drunk student, a drunk girl student, grabbed the live mic and started rambling on and on about what she was doing as Grigsby was speaking at one point. It was, it was insane. That sounds that well. That sounds like Providence. There, like I said on the like I said on the past podcast. Whenever I go to Providence, I'm like, okay, we're back in a place where there's no rules whatsoever, and that seems to fit the mold. Yeah. So, so that was the atmosphere. But but let's get to the game here. PC wins sixty six forty two. Um, you know, not quite the twenty plus victory that that I predicted, but but I think PC really showed that that, that they're a class above URI at this point in time. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you look back on the past two games, the Texas Tech and URI game, safe to say it's Ed Croswell Appreciation Week. Jeez, sure is. What, 
what a performance past two games. I, you know, I, I have questioned whether he deserved to be on the corner of Big East level and, you know, now I look foolish, but I would think most people would probably say something along those lines. He has stepped up his game in a massive way. Um, you know, stat line aside, what did he have? He had 13 points, 15 boards. What's more impressive to me is he just, whenever he gets his hands on the ball, it doesn't leave. Like he just has, he just has a grip on the ball and he just swallows the ball whole. And then he's so great around the rim, you know, for somebody who doesn't have like a huge vertical, he's just so great. And it's great to see him have this level of success, obviously for him, because I think it's great for him from a mental point of view, but also for our team, because one of my biggest concerns going into the season was beyond Watson and Horkler. I didn't think we had a lot of front court depth. Yeah. And I, know. I, and I think like at the end of the year, I probably would have said the same thing. Like, Oh, it was proven true. Not the case anymore. No, I mean, crossbow was a beast uh, second straight game putting up big effort, really sparking PC, um, you know, against Texas Tech. He comes in when they're down big, and he brought the energy and helped the team get back in the game. Uh, this one, a little bit different. You know, PC comes out so hot, uh, drilling their first three threes. It's 9 nothing right out of the gates. You look like – it looks like PC's going to roll. Um, interesting observation, one of my, my 234 buddies said – they dimmed the lights like after we hit our first three shots. And then we started going ice cold. I, like who's in charge of the lights? Uh, uh, uh. But also why, I, I mean, obviously I wasn't there, but why are they dimming the lights in the first place? At, like why don't yeah, they just be constant? I, I, I don't know. I don't know what that again, was. About. Again, the produ- production during the game, <laughs> a lot to be desired. At least, at least people weren't slipping all over and there wasn't ice melting on the court. So I guess that's, there's progress. That's a good point. Yeah. Silver lining. Uh, but yeah, he's awesome. 13 points. Game high, 15 boards. He was a beast. Um, three of three from the line, which for Ed, that's amazing. Awesome. For anybody, that's amazing, but especially right. Ed, yeah. Right. Um, but, yeah, he, like to have him as a third guy in the front court and, and to play, again, we're not even at – this is like gravy what he's giving us right now. Like, oh, yeah. But if he can just get 80% of this like we talked about, It'll be massive for a PC. I mean, if he could come off the bench and put up like, I think we're being realistic here. He put up like in in spot minutes, like, well, he's not going to get spot minutes anymore, which is awesome. But if he puts up like six points, five rebounds a game, like that's fantastic. That's what you need off the first big man off the bench. So awesome for him. He he deserves all the credit in the world. Um, Horkler got back got back off his slump uh, after the Texas Tech Texas Tech game. Four of eight from three. He is just a perfect complement to Watson. Watson's primarily a post player. Horkler stretches and stresses the defense. You know, your four man's knocking four of eight from three. He gets seven boards. It's just they have such a nice tandem with Watson and Horkler and now Croswell in the mix. It's just this team is really rounding into form. And, I, you know, I hesitate to say, but it's like all just clicking at the right time. And this is also without our starting point guard uh, available in Bynum. Um, I think we felt a little bit of the pain there yesterday and against Texas Tech, but things are going really well in Friartown right now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and on top of that, it's another game where Watson isn't, you know, your superstar because of this time it was more so because of foul trouble. But I mean, once again, he's getting double, triple teamed anytime he touches the ball. Um, but he only has seven points in 20 minutes, and yet 
PC's continuing to get contributions from other people. Horkler, like you said, led the team with 16. Uh, he had seven rebounds. He was four of eight from deep, which is awesome. Al Durham, 14 points, six assists. He, he was four of 11, but once again, one of two from three. Um, again, got to the line a good amount, five free throw attempts, and he sunk all five of them. Um, so, you know, he's been a huge addition to this program. Um, put it, we'll, we'll put maybe a little bit of a damper on it. Reeves has got to start knocking down more shots. He, yeah. uh, he's, you know, for a guy who's built as a shooter, he's got to start being more consistent. He was three or 14 and two of eight for three. Like Cooley draws up plays specifically for him. And if you can't have a guy who's getting drawn up plays from go two of eight from three, we need more from him in my opinion. Um, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I do think some of his misses last night were like, or uh, on Saturday were like in and out. Um, but no, I agree. I mean, two of eight's just not going to cut it from your, your, your big time shooter. And he seemed kind of hesitant too, a little bit in the second half where you catch it on an open look and then kind of give a fake step in, do a mid range, you know? Yeah. I, I, I think he does. He does have to step it up a little bit, but I mean, Hey, when you're getting production from other guys, can't really complain too much about it. Uh, but, uh, I guess another stat line breed, only had two points, five rebounds, two assists. He was O of A from the floor. Man, like he seems like he's got all these floaters going, and they just never none of them dropped in this one. But they, I will say his on ball defense, especially early in this game, was was excellent. Yeah, they're they're I mean, I love Breed. Uh, and those floaters, like similar to your point about Reeves, it doesn't matter, you know, you, you are where your stat line says you are, and he missed right. them, but his floaters look great. They just weren't dropping and they were throwing a little bit too much on his plate with buying him out. And, you know, maybe uh, he'll come around because he has shown in the past, he can do it. He can carry a load for us. Like last year, I remember against Villanova, um, but it's just not clicking offensively. Defensively though, his on ball, like you said, his on ball defense is just incredible. It's uh, yeah. So it is what it is. We, we certainly still have some warts on our team, but it's great to have warts when you're eight and one, right? Absolutely. And, and to kind of flip over to the Ram side of things, uh, the Mitchell twins um, obviously was billed as a big game for them being transfers from Maryland, visiting PC it not working out for whatever reason it was and end up choosing your eye. Um, so it, I think it was a big game for the Mitchells. They, they had a chip on their shoulder going into this one, but boy, did it not live up to the billing, man. They were pretty bad. Uh, they combined for 36 minutes, 13 points, six rebounds, one assist um, on five of nine shooting. Uh, one of the Mitchells did drain a three, though. That, that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, he also, but, he also celebrated that three when they were down about 10 points. Oh, so yeah. It's like, yeah, he did. I mean, there, there, you, you heard there were some potential maturity things going on, which is, may or may not be why we accepted, did not accept them into our program because we were recruiting them like let's not yeah. uh, let's not have revisionist history here uh we did want at least one of them maybe two of them but apparently there's some maturity things there which is why they probably love maryland too um and it kind of kind of showed uh in the game yesterday i think the you know we talked about pregame in the last pod how it's going to be a pretty crazy environment and i think they uh succumbed to that you know they didn't they let it get to their heads a bit too much yeah for sure i mean and then here, here's the big stat. 
combined for five turnovers and eight fouls. So <laughs> rough game for it. them. Yeah. I honestly think it's like in terms of their discipline on on the court, like they can score, they can block shots, great. But like the turn five turnovers from a big man is just way too much. So Completely uh, and that's what one of them got, and the other ended up with zero. But um, and then, like I said, that they hack all the time. And today was was or on Saturday it was no different. So, um, you know, I, I thought their guards were kind of impressive. Um, Shepard had ten, but he, man, three of thirteen, oh five from three. So, so that was a bit rough for him. Um, I think they'll be okay once league play turns around. They've, you know, they swept BC. BC beats Notre Dame. Like, so they have talent. Um, but but like I said. Going into the thing, I thought they were a poor man's PC. I thought the show uh, on Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> so. it, we we let them hang around a bit too much, to be honest. And we could have, we had probably the score probably should have been closer to your prediction. Um, but it's a rival, it's a rivalry game, and if you could win, beat a team by fourteen points in a rivalry game, awesome, completely yeah. great. And, and I, like, honestly, did you ever feel at all nervous about the outcome of this game? I probably would have if I was at the game because of the environment, but watching on TV, even when, you know, in the first half, when they went up a little bit, I wasn't concerned. Um, Cause for the most part, we were playing pretty clean ball. Um, it's just, uh, there was a little bit of an offensive wall, which we need to fix there. We always have those like three or four minute walls where we just can't get any points. And we need, you can't do that against really good teams. Like if we do, if we do that against a, a Villanova, for instance, we're going to get our doors blown off and that'll be the game. You can't have those mental lapses on the offensive end. Um, but we, we were playing, we were playing fundamental ball. We we're playing good ball and it just, you know, it happened, but yeah, I felt, I felt pretty confident the entire game. Yeah. Uh, as someone that was there, I, I felt the game was really never in question as well. Even when you or I, uh, you know, PC starts to get a little bit cold shooting the ball, you or I claws back into the game. I think they go up like 18, 17 or something like that. And then that's when Crosswell gets subbed in around eight minutes left in the first half. And, you know, he was key to PC closing out the half so strong. Mm -hmm. And like, that's just another example that I feel like this team is a bit different this year. And I think they're a special group because man, like how many times have you seen the opposite happen in years past where we just close out a half horrifically this yep. team never seems to panic, regardless what the situation is. And uh, they believe in themselves. They believe in each other. Um, and it's just awesome. So, PC gets to 8-1. Moving on now. Battle of the Ocean uh, State is in the rear view. PC has a big week coming up. Let me ask you this. We were recording on Sunday. We'll drop this Monday. Do you think they'll have a ranking come Monday? I do. Um, I do because there were a cu- couple teams that were in the uh, top 25, specifically in like the 15 to 25 range, which still matters um, this early in the season that lost. So I know Memphis had two bad losses. So they were ranked like 18. So they're going to be out. Um, let's see. There was another one that uh, give me a sec here. Um yeah, Memphis had the two bad losses. Let's see. There's another one. I forget who exactly. Um, 
So there's a chance that, you know, not that we may receive votes just because there weren't as many teams that dropped out of top 25 with losses, but we, I think resume alone, we should be ranked. We're eight and one, um, a lot of really good wins. Northwestern beat Maryland today. They are, I think, six and two. Texas Tech is a great win. Wisconsin keeps rolling. Uh, you know, this win is another great win, 14-point win at home. So I think we should, at a minimum, be receiving a lot of votes, but it would not shock me if we sneak into the top 25. Yeah, so I will say we are definitely deserving of a top 25 ranking come Monday, but Unfortunately, I don't see it happening just because, you know, you know how the AP poll is. It's yeah. like a popularity contest. Um, and then on top of that, you look at like Ken Palm and we still get, we're getting hosed. Like, Ken, man, buddy, do we, do you have to come on? Do we have to chat about this? Like, what is going on here? I'm looking at PC right now. PC is ranked 54th in Ken Palm. You want to know the teams around them? Maryland, five and four. Notre Dame, three and four. And I've seen Notre Dame got smashed by BC. And I saw Notre Dame um, play in that, the challenge. I forget who they played, but they look awful. Like, again, I, I think Mike Brace should, should probably be on the hot seat at this point. There's uh, been a couple bad seasons for him in a row. I think, uh, he, I think if he doesn't turn around, this will be his last year. Um, yeah, the other, I mean, team, the other team I was thinking about, by the way, Michigan got boat raced by North Carolina and they were ranked 24 and they've already had a suspect resume. So yeah. Me- Memphis and Michigan are going to drop out, but there's other folks that are receiving votes. So who the heck knows? Yeah, but like, yeah, it, it's just like, I just don't get this Kempom. Oh, the fact I that we're so like the teams around us, we are so far superior than, and if we played outside of Virginia, who's 51, if we played these teams, I think we would win Hindley. Um, yeah. I, I just don't get it. Five and four Clemson ahead of us is well, the think, first team. I think, um, and it's been made clear that, like, a lot of Ken Palm is built off of last year's resume or last year's returning players. The problem with that is, one, every single team is not the same team as last year, first off, so that's kind of a moot point. And with the transfer rule, you're getting so many instant impact players that can change your whole roster dynamics that I think what Ken Palm should do and Ken Palm is useful, but it, Ken Palm should be releasing, uh, releasing his initial rankings, like probably December 15th or something like that. Not at the start of the season, because you lead to these kind of conversations, you know? I know, but like you would think at this point, some teams have played eight games, some teams have played nine, some have even played 10. Like, I would think that's enough of a sample size at this juncture. And again, yeah. the fact that Mich- you brought up Michigan getting boat raced by UNC, the fact that Michigan at five and three is 18 still is, is like laughable. Like, I, I don't understand. No, I, I, you're, you're preaching to the choir. I completely agree. I digress. But, uh, but yeah, so, all right, let's recap. Or, excuse me. But also, you, also, also, also one quick thing. Even if we're receiving – at a minimum, I think we'll be receiving votes and a lot of them. Like, yeah. I think we'll, at worst, we'll probably be – if you're going by receiving votes, at worst, we're probably going to be ranked, like, 30. 30. 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but we play Vermont. We, we should win. Even though they're a, good, they're a good team, we should win that one. And Central Connecticut State, which is uh, Cupcake, so we should win that one. So we should be 
10 and one getting into next week's rankings and then we should be ranked. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, if, if they don't put them in at that point at 10 and one, my God, man, like, what are we doing here? Um, but yeah, let's, let's uh, take a quick break and uh, get a word from our sponsor anchor. But then when we come back, we'll, we'll get, give a quick preview of what's on tap ahead. BOC already mentioned it, UVM and central Connecticut on the schedule and a big moment for PC to kind of take care of business this week, but we'll take a look at that. But first, a quick word from our sponsors at Anchor. All right, welcome back to the Province Crier podcast. Um, all right, BOC, big week ahead. If PC isn't ranked on Monday, um, we both agree if they take care of business this week, they will surely be ranked the following Monday. But, you know, they got to take care of business. And that starts on Tuesday, December 7th, 6.30 p.m. Tip, they host the University of Vermont. Game will be on FS1. Cryer's debating if he's going to go this one. 6.30 tips are kind of tough for the working crowd that has to commute to this game. So we'll see if I make the trip. But, um, you know, UVM, 6-3 and three on the year. They're 96 in Kempom. They're a team that was projected to be – the top dog in America East, right? Um, so far, not really living up to it. They've taken losses from UNC Greensboro, Oakland, and Maryland. Um, they've beaten Yale, and that's really their, their best win. Um, and you and I, I guess, would be a good one. Although, I don't know how good you and I is. They're normally a decent enough mid-major program. But so they're not playing as expected so far. And that's why I'm going to lean into me being worried about this game, BLC. I hate to say it. I, I thought maybe the Texas game, there'd be a little hangover from that. But I think maybe the adrenaline of the rivalry kind of took that out of the question. Yeah. Um, but this game just scares the crap out of me because, yeah. because of, you know, the Friars, the Friars of old would lose this game. And I'm still trying to get out of the Friars of old mentality with this team. But talk me off the cliff, BLC. Why do I not so, need to worry? One, because this team is different. Um, so that, first and foremost. But also, every, all your points are – your concerns are valid. 6.30 on a Tuesday after a big showing Saturday, it may be a light audience. Uh, there probably won't be a lot of people there, so they're going to have to generate their own energy. Um, historically, we've, we have the, historically this year, we've had slow starts in the first half, so you want to buck that trend. Um, but talking you off the ledge, if you look at them objectively and who they've played, who they've beaten, who they've lost to, they're not that great of a team. Uh, they average 65 a game. They're 26, they're 26% from three. They have a big man who's averaging like 16 and seven or something along those lines, but he's 6'8", 250. We keep saying this, and I think we need to realize we have like a really big athletic team, a very big athletic team. We have, we have the size on them, which we do against most teams we play, so we should be able to take advantage of that. So if we take care of business, this is a game we should win rather comfortably. It's just a matter of uh, you know, the hangover from the URI win and the Texas Tech win, and hopefully we're not reading our press clippings a bit too much. Um, I, I'm, not, I'm not too concerned, but I could see where you're coming from. 
Yeah, I mean, um, I, I like that you bring up that we have a physical team because Cox of URI mentioned that in his post-game presser right off the bat. He, he was like, man, like, Providence is a physically imposing team, and they punch us in the mouth. Um, so you're right. We should dominate, you know, the battle inside, I, I would imagine. And like you said, 65 points a game, I don't think – if you're going to tell me UVM will score 65, I'm going to tell you we won. You know? I would say we – I would say we went – if that were – if they score 65, I would say we went – we would have won by 15 points. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, oh, we well, should be able to, to score on them with relative ease, I, I would think. But, again, they scare me a little bit. Although, Rhode Island connection with UVM – uh, the brother of Joe Missoula, Johnson Zone, who played at West Virginia, is now an assistant coach with the Boston Celtics. His brother, I believe, Justin, is the second leading scorer on the Cats. So you got that connection there. John Becker still their coach. So you know they're going to be well coached. So that, that's what concerns me a little bit. But I think ultimately you're, you're probably right. The way we've been playing – it would be tough to see us lose, but again, I'm kind of stuck in that old mentality. So we shall see. But then after that, Central Connecticut, that shouldn't be any issue whatsoever. If if you're gonna put a bet on what will be province's largest margin of victory, I'm thinking Central Connecticut might yeah. might be your pick because uh, yeah. they're not very good. So yeah, I mean, if they take care of business, they're gonna be ranked. Go into a massive game against would the UConn game be the following week? I think so, right? I'm looking right now. Yep, we play. Yeah, we'll we, be, have a, so. we essentially have a week off until Providence against uh, UConn. Yeah, I think they play. Right, so, so so they'll have like a week off for exams, I believe, and then start up Big East play, man. Ever since we had a UConn, we got to start this thing a little earlier, I guess. So December 18th, obviously a massive game, and honestly, that would be. So good for the conference, I think. If you got Providence and UConn ranked, open up Biggie's play in Hartford. I will be there. I will tell you that. Um, so, you know, I, I think PC is definitely moving the right direction. And let's just take care of business this week. Let's just, you know, take a business-like approach, not even have to worry about, about these games here. That's what we say, and then it'll be tight one with both games, knowing knowing how right. things have been. But we got to get past that. This is a new team. This is a new uh, group of folks, and hopefully, we just uh, roll through and go two and zero this week. And hopefully, we're ranked come uh, AP poll announcements on Monday. But if not, then it'll be the following Monday. So things are looking great for the uh, Friar program. Yep, absolutely. All right, everyone, that will do it for another episode of the Province Crier Podcast. Continue to follow us, um, you know, subscribe to the pod if you can on, on Apple Podcasts. You even leave us a review. Um, I think you can follow on Spotify. I'm not really sure how that works. but Yeah, you can. I follow, okay, I follow, yeah, us, follow us on Spotify, Spotify as well. Uh, keep up with the blog. We'll have preview articles. We'll have recap articles for each of the games coming up this week. Um, and once again, I, I ran into – Another person leaving the dunk that, that told me they really liked the crier. I told him, I told the all of the buddies that he was with to give it a listen. They're already listening, so we're good. 
that's yeah, awesome. Continue to spread the word. Province Crier Podcast. Um, that's it. That's a wrap. Have a good one, Friar Time. See you guys. Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah. David Duke when I'm way about a hoop, eh? Cross over, I might go to LEU. Heard they sleeping on me, well, let's take them back to school. PC, you know we on go, eh? Feel like AJ Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll, eh? Fall down, bounce back like Emmy Ho, eh? I'm the alpha dog, Diallo. They were sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage. And he see me bumpin', so we gon' let him have it, yeah They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic This year we takin' over March Madness Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, eh Cross over, I might throw the you. But they sleepin' on me, well, let's take them back to school Man up in my city, I'm the truth